What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Rob and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Rob Goldberger. And we're back once again for another episode of Outside the Arena. Not too much, to be honest, has gone on in sports. Last night uh, at UFC 272, we saw Colby Covington defeat Jorge Masvidal in a unanimous decision. Um, the NBA, you know, restarted the regular season, still going strong. You know, we'll keep talking about that here and there. And then once we get to the playoffs, there'll be some more coverage. The NFL today, we're going to be doing our first mock draft of the year, which is very exciting. The combine was this week. Uh, a lot of very interesting things happened there. And then, uh, but first off, we are going to real quickly just touch on the MLB and the impending lockout. They could not agree to a deal last weekend. Just an absolute disaster, it seems at this point. Two team, two sides that just are are unwilling to compromise and just seem like there's no no room in the middle. Rob, what do you think of this just absolute disaster that's been continuing to unfold for baseball? Yeah, I mean, it's just an absolute disaster. And at this point, I wouldn't be surprised to just have to, you know, have the whole seat, most of the season wrapped up into this. I mean, uh, I was expecting this. You were expecting this to be done a month ago, maybe. I, I mean, I think this is, this is just, like you said, I mean, the, the worst part is it seems like these two sides couldn't be further from an, from an agreement. They haven't made any, any progress I mean, I, I'm just, uh, it, it sucks. And it sucks that we're the ones that, that are punished as a result of it. Because I think there are a lot of people who are involved with baseball who don't actually enjoy the game of baseball as long as they're seeing profit. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of teams' products on the field each year, the Pittsburgh Pirates, I, I, that's the example I keep going back to. But, I mean, there's an example of people high up in baseball who don't care about a baseball team and the results show on the field. And I think that's what you're getting, you know, behind the scenes in these negotiations. And I think for a lot of these people, it's all about profits. And I think obviously it's a business and I understand it has to become come number one, but the, the, the simple matter of the fact is, is that each of these teams has shown enough growth to meet the demands of the players. It has profit wise, mathematically. I mean, uh, it, it, it sucks that this is the case, but, I think this is the byproduct of a system that has allowed has allowed people who don't care about baseball to become far too powerful within it. Yeah, I mean, I think you say it pretty well. I mean, there's just these teams right now that just refuse to spend money, and 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 that's the case. I mean, if this was 30 Steve Cohens or Steinbrenners or or all of that, sure. yeah. this wouldn't have been a problem, obviously, because those teams all love spending money, and you know. They don't want the, you know, CBT, the tax and whatnot to be, you know, something super low and so, uh, so aggressive, which I think is, you know, ridiculous, to be honest, with the way baseball is structured. Um, you know, it's embarrassing for the sport. Um, you know, this is the time of the year, to be honest, when the NBA is in, you know, the regular season. It's kind of a dull period as it approaches the playoffs. Uh, NHL's going, um, you know, NFL's wrapped up. And, and this is the time for baseball to, you know, potentially bring in some viewership because, you know, it, you know, it, it's a good time for them and it's a good time to start the season. And, you know, it, it's just an absolute disaster. You know, Rob Manfred has to be removed immediately. I mean, I don't know the process for getting him removed or, or whatnot, but I mean, this man is, is destroying the game of baseball in so many different ways with all the rule changes he's proposing with all the things he's doing with this lockout. I mean, you see him laughing at the press conference it's honestly disgusting that this man is, is the commissioner of major league baseball. It, it's honestly a disgrace. I mean, it, it's, it's, 
it's upsetting because, you know, it's crazy to think that, you know, people bash Roger Goodell, but Roger Goodell at the end of the day is a fantastic commissioner. Honestly, after, after what I've seen through the whole COVID and, and now seeing Brad Manford, I mean, Roger Goodell would not have compared had to this, certainly. This compared to and, this, certainly. I mean, this is, and, and, and that's the other aspect of it is, is, is you really touched on is, you know, major league baseball, people will say, you know, you did forget about a key important aspect of this. People will say, we don't care. We'll go watch the tournament. And then as yeah. soon as the tournament's over, we can go watch the playoffs. Yeah. And then by the time we, we know it, NFL training camps rolling back around, like uh, uh, people will learn to live without baseball and, and, and major league baseball owners have to understand this. And I think we're at a very, very dangerous crossroads right now because this is a bad, bad look for baseball. And it looks like the people, how, how can we as a sport bring more people to the game? If the people who run the game don't even give a shit about it. And I think that's the ultimate, you know, that's the ultimate question right now. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, and in picking two sides, I mean, I think the MLB side is clearly the the worst. And, and you know, no, I, I don't like them. I'm not with them. But, you know, the players have room to improve, too. This is not they're not perfect here. They're not putting perfect offers on the table. You know, these two sides. I mean, I think it's I find it ridiculous that everyone's saying, oh, we want baseball. We want baseball. And they haven't really been negotiating since what Tuesday, Monday. Like, what are you doing? They should well, be in a room the fact, They should be locked the in a room and not able to come out yeah, until the season or until they reach an agreement. I mean, it's, what they're they're meeting today, but what I mean, they haven't met all week. I mean, it, if you do once a meet a meeting once a week, we're not playing baseball this year. At the end of the day, it's just not going to happen. And oh. the meetings every day. It took until this deadline for them to even start meeting. Really, I mean, there was no progress throughout the whole week. I mean. It's, it's just embarrassing, honestly, and I don't know when we're going to see baseball. I, I really don't. I, I don't want to say I think a month's going to be canceled, but probably. I mean, I, I just don't see any way that baseball, uh, this agreement's going to come to terms, especially with the way they're meeting. I mean, these two sides they need to start. I mean, today I'm sure this is going to how the meeting's going to go. They'll meet for an hour and a half or so, probably, and they'll just break up because they just can't agree, and they're just so stubborn, both of these sides. It's just embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think also the fact, you know, a lot of baseball fans question why these meetings weren't even happening until, you know. It took them two months to even start meeting. A few weeks until the deadline. And it's a good question. I mean, I, you know, I think there's just, I think you made a good point in that you're really not going to see this happen in, 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 in any other of the major leagues at this point because they're far too advanced. They're CBAs. I, I think, I think even if they had a class in the CBA like this, I think. I just think it's like not only have like you bring up, I, I just want to bring up another point about the players too. It's more so that like, I feel like, I don't know. It's hard for people to, to almost get behind them because when and like, I think it's a good tool that the, that like these owners have, I, I believe because it's like, they're the public faces of everything. Like the owners are sort of like in the background, like they're the public faces. And when you see Max Scherzer pulling up in this Porsche, it's like, Oh, like, look at this D bag. Like, look at him. He's just trying to get more money. But like, I think like. It, Which that's the whole thing with that was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Was- right. But I'm just saying like, it's one of those tools tactics that like, I'll say other stuff, but mostly the owners will, will employ to sort of like slander the players. I think it's just like, it's like, this is what we're playing with at this point. It's like five-year-olds. I mean, it's a joke. And it, it's like, I think also a lot of baseball fans aren't realizing like what exactly is being argued over here for it and what it, how minuscule it turns out to be 
when it's split across these 30 teams. Like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's an absolute disaster. Um, to be honest, we probably won't talk about baseball on this podcast until this thing gets agreed to at this point. I think this is probably it for the near future unless they reach an agreement. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit. We've tried to do some pre-agency stuff, but at this point, who knows when this thing's going to start. So I wouldn't expect to hear much more uh, MLB talk. But with that, we'll go to uh, dominant league. I mean, this would never happen in, in the NFL. We saw even with COVID, they refused to cancel a game. Just absolute insanity that was. But the NFL, and we're going to introduce uh, going off that <laughs> tough topic and frustrating uh, discussion. We're going to go to our first mock draft of the year. Um, so we've kind of got different setups. I've got like a PowerPoint type deal. Rob's got kind of a simulator type deal that he's going to be able to work with. And we're going to go three picks at a time, kind of talk it through. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what Rob Rob thinks for his uh, his mock draft and I'm sure vice versa. So uh, do you want to start or you want me to go for the first three picks? Uh, I'll start here, I guess. Okay. So let me share my screen real quick. Um, so with the first overall pick for the with, with the Jack for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm gonna go with a little bit of surprise here, and I'm gonna go with Ike McQuan. Uh and I think he will be. I think he's gonna be, end up being drafted first. Um, and then I have another surprise pick for you. Do you know who I'm going with, Griff? I think you might have an idea. Do you know who I'm going with? Oh wow. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Malik Willis at number two overall uh, for the Houston Tech or for the uh, Detroit Lions. Um, and then I'm gonna take Aiden Hutchinson uh, for the Houston Texans here. Oh, sorry, did not mean to do that. I will, I will fix that. Uh, but yeah, I, I clicked on those are my top three. We just those are your top three: Kwame okay. Willis and Hutchinson. Ignore the ignore the other two. Sorry, okay. I will pull up mine now. And then we'll kind of talk through our first three and whatnot. So uh, there we go. First pick, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, offensive tackle, I think, is, is just their biggest need at the moment. I think they could use an edge rusher. I don't think they're going to take an edge rusher, though. I'm going to go with Evan Neal. I think he is, you know, I think there's a lot of hype right now surrounding um, Ikemi Kwano, and rightfully so. He's a fantastic player, had a great combine, looks fantastic. I think he's going to be a superstar. I just think Evan Neal is a, a really quality tackle. You can, you know, put him at left tackle. You play him at right tackle. Um, gives you some flexibility. I mean, you see this guy. He's, you know, what, 330 pounds. And, you know, you could – I mean, he looks his, – his physique is just out of this world. I think he's a superstar um, who, you know, went against the top competition in the world, succeeded against the top competition in the world. I think that plays a factor. I think the Jaguars will get Trevor Lawrence – his franchise left tackle, franchise right tackle, wherever they decide to play. I'm, I'm assuming left tackle, but um, yeah, uh, an absolute superstar. I mean, Neil, he'll be um, my next team, the Detroit Lions, as you can see, quarterback for me is their top need. Um, but I, I just don't see them picking a quarterback at number two here. Um, I guess my connection's a little unstable, so I don't know if you can hear me, but I think we should be good. Um, but I'm going to go with I guess I'm not. There we go. Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end out of Michigan. Um, you know, the Detroit or Michigan, I should say, connections, I think are going to play a part into this. I think, you know, teams always love drafting players that their fan base already kind of loves from uh, from their college days. 
I think Detroit just is desperate for an edge rusher. This team, you know, that Jeff Okuda pick at the moment is really, uh, really hurting them and whatnot in terms of, uh, you know, it really has not worked out for them. A very unfortunate situation. He's been very banged up. Hopefully he's healthy this year, but Aiden Hutchinson gives them their superstar defensive end. And, you know, I think Malik Willis is a very interesting player. Um, I think he's a good player. I think he will be, uh, not to spoil my pick, but, you know, for me, he's my first quarterback off the board. I think that will be the case. I just feel like at the number two pick with with some of these premier elite skill position players, I just think Detroit is in that spot where they're not quite ready. I mean, Malik Willis, I feel like I I just don't see them ready for a quarterback with that offense right now. I feel like they just want to build kind of the surrounding team and then at the right moment go for the quarterback, which might be next year. Next year's quarterback class is stacked. So I can see this team putting it off and trying to get land one of CJ Stroud or Bryce Young because those two guys, I mean, that's going to be, those will be the two two first selections in next year's draft. And let, let me add, I think a trade down and selection of me yes. is also possible for, for the Lions. Yeah. But I, 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 I don't know, Griff. I think he's going to be one of those prospects where that hype continually just blooms and blooms and blooms and blooms to the point where if the Lions do trade down, if the Lions wait, they might not be able to get him. You know, I mean, uh, yep. it happens, you know, maybe not the two best examples of whom a league Willis wants to turn into in the NFL, but something similar sort of happened with Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, where they weren't viewed too highly, you know, months coming into the draft. And then sort of as time got closer, they were viewed as sort of the consensus top two picks. So, you know, we'll see. We will see um, this draft. We also should say we didn't do trades and whatnot in this sure. one. Um, so obviously that could look very different. And then lastly, my third pick, the Houston Texans, um, you know, Davis Mills, it looks like he's kind of going to be their, their guy that they're going to ride out for a little bit. I think he's got, you know, a potential future there. I think this team is desperate for an edge rusher. So I'm going to go with Kevon Thibodeau out of Oregon. Uh, once the, you know, a little while ago, the consensus number one overall pick, um, you know, his stock has dipped a little bit, but I think he's a superstar. I think Houston gets a superstar edge rusher and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a home run. Is it? All right, let me let me try and restart my Wi-Fi then. Give me a sec. Is that better? Yeah, you're good. No, I'm yeah, good? You're good. Okay. All right, let me just redo yeah, that. All right. All right. right. And third overall, the Houston Texans. Um, For me, I think edge rusher is their biggest need. Um, So I'm going to go with the former number one consensus overall pick, Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, Stock has dipped a little bit, but this should still be a top five pick in this draft. He is an excellent player, um, phenomenal athlete. um, And, you know, I think Houston is is very much in need of an edge rusher. I think Thibodeau is a guy I, I, you know, hope somehow falls to the Jets. I think he would be a superstar um, in Robert Sala's defense, but I think Houston, I think this is a uh, home run pick for them, you know, especially, I mean, they might go, uh, with the, you know, Ikanu here. That was, you know, I was having a tough time to sign between those two. Um, but they do have Laramie Tunsil and, you know, I think Thibodeau fills the bigger need for them at the moment. So that's my top three. Um, I guess I'll just go into my next three and then we can kind of rotate like yeah. that. Um, so my next pick is the New York Jets. Um, the Jets, you know, two top 10 picks. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do. Um, cornerback, I think, is a huge need for them. Tight end, too. Outside linebacker. Safety, with Marcus May being a free agent. So Kyle Hamilton, I think, is a lot of a lot of people's pick here. I think a lot of people 
think Kyle Hamilton's going to be that guy. I don't think the Jets can pass out the chance to draft Ikemi Kwanu, though, and I know I probably botched his name there, but we're rolling with it. Um, you know, I think, like you, this guy has the chance to be the number one overall pick. I was, you know, deciding between him and Evan Neal for that slot. Um, I think these guys are neck and neck, and I think for the Jets, you know, right tackle is a spot where they've got, you know, some guys that are going to be free agents, I believe, like Morgan Moses and George Fan. I mean, those guys are not really that good. I think the Jets here, I think Kyle Ham- Kyle Hamilton's a really tempting pick, but I mean, just building that O-line and building what could be, you know, one of the best O-lines, best young O-lines in the league for Zach Wilson, I think it's just something the Jets could really use. And with two top 10 picks, I feel like they can afford here to take an offensive tackle. And I believe they have two second rounders as well. So this team has the ability to kind of go tackle here and then, you know, pick some skill position players. So I think Equanu is uh, too good for the Jets to pass up at this pick. Um Oh, well, there's my pick, but New York Giants um, quarterback for me is their biggest need. I, I stick with that. Daniel Jones, just, a, you know, an absolute disaster. Um, but as you know, I kind of went ahead there. Charles Cross for me is going to be the pick. I think this, he needs to address, excuse me, needs to address the offensive line desperately. Um, Charles Cross, um, you know, this the third best tackle in my mind in the class. He's going to be a great player. Um, and I think, you know, tackles a spot right now where some of these top teams really need. So I think he's, going to go number five to the Giants. I think he's going to be a good player. Um, I think the Giants would love the chance to get um, any one of those top four players, um, I think would be amazing. So if Kyle Hamilton can go to the Jets, I think that, you know, any of those previous four guys, um, the Giants would be thrilled with. But Charles Cross, I think he's going to be a great player. And then at number six, Carolina, um, you know, the best three tackles are off the board. I think that's their biggest need. So, um, you know, brings an interesting situation and I'm actually going to go with Kyle Hamilton here. I think, you know, this is a situation where the Panthers are just going to take the best player on the board. I think Kyle Hamilton's defensive superstar. I know they picked a corner last year, first round. So just building that young secondary, I think the Panthers, you know, they have some holes on that offense. I'm sure they'd like to go tackle here, but I think just not reaching, taking the best overall player who has the chance to be potentially one of the better players coming out of this draft class could become one of the best safeties in the NFL very quickly. Um, so Kyle Hamilton, I think, would be a great pick for the Panthers. Just the case of, I think, you got to take the best player on the board at this point. And, uh, you know, they do have a, you know, a safety's a spot. They do have a, I believe it's Jeremy Chin there. But, um, you know, Kyle Hamilton will fit right in and I think adds another superstar to that Carolina defense. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So I'll share mine now. Uh I think you have to stop sharing for a script, though. Okay. All right. Uh, there we go. All right. You got me? Yeah. All right. So, at number four, I'm actually going to pretty much do a reverse, uh, and I'm going to take Evan Neal in the spot where you took Connor and vice versa. Uh, and then I'm also going to go with Charles Cross here um, at, at five, just like you did. And then I got to tell you, I got the I got the Panthers making a surprise pick. I really do. I really do. Uh, where is he? Sorry, I'm gonna I'm seeing the Panthers taking Kenny Pickett at six. Wow, your quarterbacks going to the top six. Um, so yeah. Uh, do you want me to go to nine now? Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk through any of those, what like yeah, what do you? I, think? I mean, I just think I I mean I just think. Uh, I'll say the reason for a couple things first. I think there's definitely going to be a Thibodeau drop, even though I think he's the best prospect in the draft personally. 
I think there's there's going to be a drop. I think he's going to be one of those players that inexplicably drops. You've heard a lot about it already about character concerns, this and this and that. You know, you you hear it starting early every year. I think Fields was that guy who who took the the inexplicable inexplicable drop this year, and I think it'll be Thibodeau last year, and I think it'll be Thibodeau this year. And then, like like I said, it's a QB league, and teams will draft QBs. And I think, especially in the case of the Panthers. Matt Rule needs to figure it out this year or he's gone. He's done. He's done in Carolina because, quite frankly, I was expecting a lot out of Matt Rule's tenure. You know, former Temple guy turned the tenure, you know, turn his, turn the program around, turn Baylor around. And, and he's been a disaster in Carolina thus, thus far. I mean, Joe Brady was supposed to be, you know, one of the up and coming young minds in the game fired. I mean, it's, you know, uh, I, I think he needs to make a big move. And I think Kenny Pickett is going to be that big move. Uh, you know, I'm sure that'll change as I get less confident, but it, it certainly <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and so uh, I'm actually going to wait till here to uh, select Kayvon Thibodeau uh, for the New York Giants, which would be an absolute home run for them to walk away with both Cross uh, and Thibodeau in the top seven. Um, and now I think we all, we all know that, you know, A.J. Terrell was a home run for the Falcons last uh, in the Trevon Diggs draft, as it's known, but I think AJ Terrell might have even been a better corner. Sorry, you're muted for me for some reason right now. That's weird. Uh, very odd. You still not hear me? I can't hear you. That's so weird. There we go. Now I can hear you. Yeah, let me just put my AirPods back in. Sorry about that. No, no problem. No problem. All right. We're good. All right. So, uh, we know that the Falcons last year went with a corner, or a couple years ago, went with A.J. Terrell in the first round, and he's been a home run pick so far. And I think we're going to continue adding that defensive depth because, boy, do they need it. Uh, And they're not going to pass up. The, pit, the chance to get the guy who I think is the second best prospect in this draft behind Thibodeau, actually, and Kyle Hamilton. Um, and then, you know, with the with the Denver Broncos, I think they would maybe like to get a QB here. If their free agency doesn't work out, but my guess is they'll have a veteran quarterback by this time. Um, and they need an edge rusher. Uh, and I'm going to go, you know, it might be some people think this is a little high for him, but I'm going to go with Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Uh, I think he's an unbelievable player, and I think he's an unbelievable prospect. And that Georgia D-line, man, was so good. He got kicked off of that Georgia D-line, and he had to transfer to Florida State, which is pretty crazy. But I, I think, you know, the Broncos have seen that recipe for success with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. I think they're going to go back to it. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to stick to their philosophy, what they've done the past couple of years. You know, uh, I would say, you know, take one of these corners is probably the best defensive player available, but they're not drafting corners in back-to-back rounds. So they're going to take the best defensive player available. Uh, and, and, you know, hope, uh, by that time, my guess is that they have, you know, uh, their, their hope is to have Aaron Rodgers on the team. But if not, I would really not be surprised if one of, one of those, you know, other veterans is, 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 avail- is, you know, a Denver Bronco by the draft. So, yeah. Interesting. All right. Let me pull mine back up. I thought I'd go, I thought I'd go a little bold for mock draft 1.0, Griff. Yeah, I like it. All right. Um, next pick for me, this New York giants. Um, and I'm going to go for a bit of a surprise pick here. I'm going to go for Devin Lloyd out of Utah. I think the New York giants are, are, uh, in need of some help at linebacker. I think it's a weak spot. Um, Blake Martinez coming off, you know, I believe it was a torn ACL. 
Um, so they need some help here. I think Devin Lloyd kind of fills that hole. He was a great player for Utah this year, really led that defense. Um, this could be a little high for him. I know people kind of have mixed feelings on him. Some people think he's a top 10 prospect. Some people think he's, um, you know, in the 20 range in the, you know, 15 to 20 range. Uh, but I think he's a great player. And I think, you know, at, at this pick New York giants, um, you know, this is a new era. This isn't the Dave Gettleman era. So maybe I shouldn't say they go for a, you know, a bit of a weird pick. It, you know, if this was Dave Gettleman, this might be Drake London, but um, Devin Lloyd, I think is a great defensive player and uh, gives, gives that New York giants, gives the New York giants, uh, you know, defensive leader there uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, this is a very interesting spot for them. Um, I qu- kind of was all over the place in terms of where I, I, I thought they would go. Uh, but I ultimately, landed on David Ojabo, the edge rusher out of Michigan. I think this team is I, – I think Ojabo, I mean, after watching him play this year, I think this guy is just a freak. I think he's one of the better edge rushers in this league. And that Atlanta Falcons team is in need of, of an edge rusher here. I think, you know, if one of those top three tackles that, you know, um, I already had going to other teams was available here, I think that would be their pick. Um, I think that's a huge need for them. But I think this team – I think they're just going to try and build on the line um, you know, Matt Ryan, I, I, I think they could pick a quarterback here, but with Matt Ryan, with that huge cap hit, I just don't see it quite yet. Um, I think they're another team that's kind of weighing it out and I think they'll take Ojabo, who's a, you know, premier red, edge rusher in my opinion. And then the Denver Broncos, I agree with you in that. I think this team wants a veteran quarterback. I don't think they're going to draft one of these quarterbacks here. Um, but unlike you, I think they're going to do kind of something that you wouldn't expect. And I think they are going to take. Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the cornerback out of Cincinnati. I think this kid is uh, is truly sensational. I mean, you look at the college stats. I believe he like didn't allow a touchdown, didn't allow more than like 13 yards or something like that in the game. I mean, this kid is uh, truly, truly special. Um, and I think Denver Broncos, I mean, you pair this guy with Patrick Sertain and that secondary with Justin Simmons. I mean, this is just an absolute nightmare. So, um, you know, if Denver, let's say they don't trade their first round pick, they end up with a quality quarterback. Um, you know, that offense is, is pretty solid. Um, you know, they could use an edge rusher. That's kind of what I was, you know, I agree with you in that that's definitely a spot of need. I could easily see them going Jermaine Johnson, a guy like that here. Um, but I don't know. I feel like that second cornerback spot, they got some veterans. I feel like adding Gardner here would be, uh, would be huge for them. And the New York Jets is, uh, I'll go to my next three. I think the Jets top need is cornerback and, I don't think you can pass up Derek Stingley here out of, out of LSU. This is a guy who uh, missed a lot of games this year. I believe he only played in three games this year or something like that. Uh, really had a good freshman year, but since then it's kind of been a not, not so good, but because of that freshman year, he's still considered top 10 talent. I think he's a, you know, has got a very bright future potentially in the league. And I think the Jets desperately need a cornerback. I think if they can come in on this draft, you know, solidifying that O-line, I think they really need an edge rusher, but here I think Stingley's just the, the better player and I think addresses the bigger hole. So I'm going to go Derek Stingley to the Jets. And here is the Washington Commanders, which I think is a uh, very interesting spot. And this is where I have Malik Willis going just outside the top 10. As we get closer, as we start to do trades, Malik Willis for me will most likely be probably in the top five, top seven uh, of picks. But without trades right now, I just don't see any of those teams really picking a quarterback in this spot. I think Washington you know, I think they're in the market for a quarterback, but this team, I think it's more than happy to go with Malik Willis here. I think it's a good pick for them. Um, you know, he appears to be the top quarterback, so I'm going to go with him here. And then lastly, Minnesota, um, they're in a very weird spot. I think, you know, they could really use a guard, but this draft for guards is, is really not too good. 
Um, they could use an edge rusher here, but cornerback, I think, I think this team would really be hoping for one of Gardner or, uh, or Stingley. So I'm going to go, in my opinion, what, what might be a little bit of a reach here and give them Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. Um, I think he's a, a quality cornerback. I think this is just a team that really needs a cornerback. I know it's kind of a questionable pick. Um, you know, uh, this is probably a spot for them where I, I would see them trading back if this was the board for them in the spot. Um, but I don't know. I'm going to go with Booth Jr. here, um, give them a cornerback. A bit of an interesting pick, but the Vikings are just in such an odd spot because they're really they'll they'll be in the playoffs some years, but then they'll just miss the playoffs and not really have a good enough pick to make a difference. So just another weird year for them. So yeah, that's uh, my next three in the draft. All right. So here we go. Sorry, fellas. All right. So well, I, apparently, according to Peter Schrager. Sauce Gardner uh, interviewed incredibly well this week and is now being discussed as the top overall player in the draft. That can't be. He's not going as the top overall player in the draft. He won't go number one, but he could go maybe top five, top six, top seven. I don't. See, I think he's he'll probably be a top ten player. Which thank you for leading me right to my next point. <laughs> I'm going to go with Sauce Gardner uh, uh, with the New York Jack with uh, to, to to be a New York Jet. Personally, uh, actually, I'll get to I'll get to this a little later. Um, and then right off. The um right off the back of that, I'm actually gonna go um with Kenyon Green here for for the Washington football team. They need an offense. Uh, they need an um interior and lineman badly. Obviously, we know Brandon Sheriff is leaving, and I, I know a lot of people like Tyler Linderbaum here, but the why there's been a lot a lot of reporting that uh Washington likes Kenyon Green a lot, uh, and, and I really would be surprised if you if, if this is their pick. And I think this is the dream scenario for the for the Minnesota Vikings. They're they're going to scoop up Derek Stingley at twelve. And personally, I think Derek Stingley is the best, maybe the best secondary prospect in this draft outside of Kyle Hamilton. I, I I'm sorry, I got I I, lo- I love Sauce Gardner just as much as the next guy. I really do. But I I I think Derek Stingley. I don't think the the big question with him obviously is whether he can stay healthy because whenever he's on the field, he's elite. But, you know, these last two years outside of his freshman year, he hasn't been able to stay on the field. Um, he's been hurt. But I, I think but the upside with him is just uh, – it's unbelievable. I mean, this guy was locking down the best in the SEC one-on-one as a freshman. I, I think the LSU – he's such a difference maker to me because there's such a difference when the LSU defense – with the LSU defense when he was and wasn't on the field. I mean, it's ridiculous. People wouldn't throw at this guy. Um, and so I'm going with Derek Singley here. Yeah. Um, and so for the Cleveland Browns here, uh, I'm going to go actually with Devin Lloyd uh, out of Utah. Uh, I don't know. I don't see him making it past this point. And I think the Browns – I'm very interested to get your take on the Browns because I'm a little I'm a little perplexed by what the Browns should do. I think they're a little bit at a crossroads as a franchise. I mean, I don't know how happy you would be with a linebacker as a first-round pick here. But, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to go on to the Baltimore Ravens here. And I'm actually going to take Trevon Walker from Georgia, uh, who has tested out of his mind at the combine. Um, the Ravens need an edge rusher. Badly, badly, they need an edge rusher almost more than any team in the league besides my team, who you can see is coming up next. <laughs> um, and I think Trevon Walker is you know is one of the best in the draft. I think the Ravens have been taught have been 
He's been mocked to the Ravens a lot. And I think if he will fall to them, which I believe he will, I think this will 100% be their pick here. And so Philadelphia Eagles at pick 15. I think the selection is going to be Nicobe Dean. Um, and I would love this pick. Sorry, the Eagles. We needed a linebacker for years. I think he's the best one in the draft. I think he's an absolute heat-seeking, heat-seeking missile of a player. And I think he's an eagle. I think he's an eagle. What can I say? I think he's an eagle. Um, Interesting. So funny enough, I'm going to go with a pick that I know a lot of Eagles fans aren't going to like. And I'm going to take Chris Olave at 16. Um, you know, I just think if we are going to choose to truly build around Jalen Hurts, which I really hope we don't, and I don't think we're going to build around him, but I wouldn't be surprised if we give him another year, just give him as much talent as possible, I guess. Like see what he's got. If you're going to do that, if you're going to really buy in on him. Um, and we need another wide receiver desperately. We'll go, we'll go through one in free agency, but considering we have three first round picks and we have agency like that, you got to take, you got to take Chris Olave there. I mean, I think, I think he's the best receiver in the draft personally. Um, and I think he'll be an Eagle if he lasts this to, if he lasts to pick 16. Hmm. All right. So with that, I will uh, share my screen and I guess I'll just finish my draft and then you'll go for yours. So, yeah. um, Oh, well, there's the pick, but Cleveland Browns, um, this is a team that's going to pick a wide receiver here. I, I I don't even think it's a secret. This thing, I think this is the worst kept secret in the NFL right now is that the Cleveland Browns are selecting a wide receiver at, at pick 13. Um, this is their biggest need by far. They've got some young guys, but this team, you know, Jarvis Landry, there's talk that, you know, so the tweets, you know, he might be out of there. This team needs a wide receiver and I'm giving them Drake London, who I think is, you know, viewed as the top receiver in the class. Um, you know, I think the Ohio state receivers, and him, um, I think they're all very good. But I think Drake London is, uh, you know, someone who really would change the offense here. He gives you, you know, that deep threat, that aggressive player who, you know, will score touchdowns, do it all. I think it's a great pick for Cleveland. I think Cleveland's in an ideal spot to land the top wide receiver. I think this is a perfect scenario for the Browns. They get that superstar receiver to pair with Baker Mayfield. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a great year for the Browns to be drafting wide receiver just because of how the draft's going to go like last year to get one of those top three guys they all went you know right or i guess a little bit before but some of them went even earlier you know jamar chase who you know i'm i agree is better than drake london but you know the the wide receivers are going to go a little bit later in the first round here than last year uh baltimore i agree with you this team could definitely use an edge here but i'm going to pick jordan davis i just think jordan davis would just be such a freak in baltimore and you know, his combine this week was fantastic as well. He ran, you know, what, a 477 or something like that in the 40 yard dash. Um, just insane. Um, so I think Jordan Davis, as good as guys like Trevon Walker are, and as much as they might need an edge rusher, I feel like they'll somehow finagle their way to get some edge rushers in, uh, in free agency. I think D tackle Jordan Davis. I mean, this is just someone on that defense who just is going to completely change the run game for opposing teams just because of how big and strong he is. Um, and lastly, your Philadelphia Eagles for number 15. Um, I have them going Garrett Wilson here. I think Garrett Wilson, I, I personally think he's better than Chris Olave. Um, I just think he's, you know, a bit more talented. They both ran, you know, basically the same 40-yard dash and whatnot. I think Wilson's just a superstar waiting to burst. And I think Philadelphia, with one of these three first-round picks, if they get the chance, they have to take one of these wide receivers because at the end of the day, you have Devonta Smith, but outside of him – there's no real talent at that position, if we're being honest. I mean, 
or Sega Whiteside and, uh, you know, Rager are just complete busts. You know, you've got guys like Quez Watkins and, and whatnot, but, you know, come on. Though. Like, if this team seriously wants to compete, they need to use one of these picks. And I think this is an ideal scenario. If you can get Garrett Wilson as the Philadelphia Eagles at 15, I mean, just what a home run pick that would be. Um, number 16 for the Eagles. Um, I actually don't even remember. Oh, I think I remember who I put here. And yeah, I'm going to go Jermaine Johnson. This is a team that needs an edge rusher. I know you put him, I believe, at number nine. So, number nine, I mean, yeah. this would be uh, an ideal scenario if he can get down to here for Philadelphia. Um, I think he's a superstar, like you said, you know, was forced out of Georgia. Pretty funny. Um, but this kid is uh, is legit. And I think uh, I think Philadelphia's got to go and get a defensive edge. They've got to get some sort of edge rusher. You know, this was a team that I believe it was like 31st. They were 31st in sacks or something terrible. like that. Yeah, they're, so. They're- they're going edge I mean, in the first round this year, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think I think edge and wide receiver are two positions at Philadelphia. I mean, I, I think Philadelphia fans are a little worried because all the first-round receivers this team has taken in recent years. Yeah. But with one of these picks, I mean, if Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London's there, even Traylon Burks maybe. And Traylon Burks kind of gets into the sketchy range, I feel like, of like – he reminds me of like a little bit of like like the Rager or Sega White kind of, kind <laughs> yeah, of vibes. Uh, like I get little, those vibes little unknown, little unknown, getting a little hyped up before the draft. You know, and I got you, I got you. I, I think you know, stay away from. Uh, know, you look, you know, they went for the you know safe guy last year. They they took the Heisman winner and it worked. That you know he looks yeah, great. Exactly, so exactly. Stay he with draft, the uh, he's drafting you know, the. Uh, I, although you know, Traylon Burks is an SEC guy. To be fair to him, I mean, he is an SEC yeah. guy. We'll see. So. Though. Uh, a little sketchy, but uh, I'm going to pick the Chargers here. Um, this is an interesting spot, and I am making this pick off of the fact that I believe Mike Williams will leave in free agency, setting up a big void at wide receiver. So I'm going to have the Chargers take Chris Olave here. Chris Olave, Keenan Allen duo for uh, for Justin Herbert would just be fantastic. I think ultimately if the Chargers can use that Mike Williams money that they would have to pay him on some other areas and can draft Olave, this is – you know, the best use of their pick here. I really like this. Uh, you know, I think Chris Olave is a superstar. And I think this is kind of the region where these wide receivers are going to start kind of going quick and, and fast. I think we're going to see some of these later teams, you know, really start to take these wide receivers. Um, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of good guys in this draft at wide receiver. Traylon Burks, like we said, probably might be the next guy off after this. Um, I know we only went to the next pick. Um, but yeah, and with that, New Orleans Saints, I'm going Kenny Pickett. Um you know, I, I think most likely these quarterbacks will start going beforehand. This is just the first mock, kind of what I was initially thinking. Um, but the Saints, I mean, we'll see what happens with Jameis Winston in free agency. It's kind of hard to say what what will happen there. Taysom Hill, obviously, I believe is free agent too. So this is a huge need for them, I think. And I think for this team, I mean, this is a team that's you know has cap issues galore. I think they just need to accept that, you know, this is it's it's time to just kind of reset a little bit, get a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract, try and, you know, save some money here and there and not, you know, commit because Jameis Winston's going to command decent money um, per year. If they can get Kenny Pickett here, I think that's the way to go for them. So yeah, that will uh, conclude my top 18 and uh, you want to finish out your, I believe you have two more picks, right? Yeah, I do. Although I got a little fucked up, Griff. I'm sorry. I got a little, my thing got a little messed up and I'm still trying to get it back, but I know who my last two picks are at 17 for the, for the chargers. I'm going to go end up going with Jordan Davis there. Um, uh, for the for the Carolina Panthers and at 18 for the New Orleans Saints, I'm gonna end up going with Matt Corral uh, at 18, uh, and that's gonna cap off my thing. I just I'll be able to get it back up in a second to show you my comprehensive thing, but there you yeah, go. Um, very but, interesting. Neither of us had Tyler Linderbaum. No, yeah, I think 
it's tough. He's a center. It's a tough spot. I know. And, and, and I had a different, uh, um, I had, what's his name? Ken, um, <clears throat> sorry, Jesus. Um, Kenyon George, I had him or Kenyon green rather. I think, I think there's a significant chance he gets drafted over Linderbaum Griff. Uh, yeah. And I think it's interesting. I really wasn't expecting until I sat down and like did it. I was like, I wasn't expecting to have three QBs in my top 18. Cause like, you know what you've heard, but like, there, it's a it's the quarterback position. It'll always be valued. You'll always hear about it. And I think the Saints are definitely going quarterback this year. And I'll, I'll touch into that. I think the Jordan Davis fit, the Chargers will be ecstatic if he gets to 17. He is the perfect fit for them. The absolute perfect fit. Um, I, I think there's a slim chance he actually gets to 17. Just because, you know, uh, things aren't going to work out how I said in my in my mock draft on point over here. <laughs> Um, I, I think, I think the chargers will end up taking Jordan Davis if he is there 1 million percent. All right. Well, that does it for our first mock drafts. I'm sure they will change very much. So, um, we'll start kind of doing trades and whatnot in the, in the coming ones. I mean, I think the draft is what late April or so. Um, yeah. So we'll probably do another one in, in two weeks or so, I would say, um, And then, you know, once we get closer and closer, it'll become a weekly thing with the draft. Obviously, NFL free agency, I believe, also starts in a few weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as soon as that happens, that will significantly also alter our mock drafts, obviously, filling out team needs and whatnot. So we'll see what happens. But uh, with that, that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Thank you guys so much for watching. We hope you enjoyed uh, the mock drafts. I think it's one of the more fun things that, you know, around draft season doing these. I think I have a really fun time with it. I had a fun time last year, and uh, you know it's going to be fun this year once again. Uh, if you haven't already, please like, comment, and subscribe. Um, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Outside the Arena. And, uh, yeah, that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena, and we'll see you all next week.